This is a sermon podcast from Ashland First United Methodist Church in Ashland, Oregon. Visit us online at ashlandmethodist.org for more sermons like this, church information, and how to get involved. Ashland Methodist, a community of open hearts, open minds, and open doors. So I spent the week in St. Louis, as you already know, and one little bit of housekeeping is there is a packet that got printed and is out in the narthex, and it includes the statement of our bishop, an article from the, the Methodist News, a statement from our young people, a statement from our Western jurisdiction, a statement from our seminaries, a statement from our reconciling networks. You will know we are not alone, and we will not be moved. Amen? I want to walk you through what happened at General Conference because um, I just think it's important that we, we, that we know that we're there and that we get to see what happened. A lot of people um, saw the live stream and I believe that I think it must have been harder to be alone hearing some of the more disappointing things um, than to be at the conference where we surrounded each other in love. This is uh, the opening of the, the very front. You see the Council of Bishops at the top, little tiny folks, um, and that's half of them. There was another half on the other side, and then 820 delegates or more on the floor, and then the stadium was surrounded by observers from all conferences all over the world. There was a lot of praying. Uh, the first day was devoted to prayer, um, and these prayers in all languages, asking for help and guidance and healing. And then there were prayer stations as well across the conference floor. And the queer couch where folks were invited to come and actually talk to a gay person. And if you have, if you don't know, first of all, you, if you don't know, you already know gay people, so newsflash. Um, Second of all, come talk to us. Come talk to us if you have questions. Come talk to us. Um, also, uh, the witness in the front of the stadium was ongoing every day with uh, folks who, uh, this is uh, Reverend Laura Young, who is a gay pastor, and uh, Mitty Quinn, who was organizing for the Reconciling Ministries Network. But we had to go through metal detectors. We had to all, we're all wanded. Uh, it was all security to get into the stadium. You had to have a badge and be an authorized person to be in the stadium. Um, and uh, we had this witness outside in those lines, people handing out cards and, and uh, welcoming people with this idea of witness to change hearts, to show the love of Christ, right? Because this is not really an argument about law and doctrine. It's a conversation about grace. This is once again uh, the inside uh, uh, of the uh, stadium, and uh, this is the f- opening prayer to open us uh, in our work. And uh, this is our delegation, uh, one of the small tables. Uh, the two in front are from the Pacific Northwest. And then we have the two, Jen Nelson and Donna Pritchard, who were our Oregon-Idaho delegates. And then we have uh, also Idaho and Alaska. Carlos 
uh, also there at our table. And this, you can see the happy, optimistic atmosphere that we started off with here. I'm sorry to say that it got more difficult and more challenging as, as we went on. The witness, too, in the stadium was very present. Many, many people with rainbow stoles, rainbow flags, many uh, pastors in witness that they are gay, um, and, um, and many lay people in support. So though things, the conversation could get hard, you can imagine how much love there was being poured out around the stadium. Love as witness was really strong at General Conference. Uh, this is our Council of Bishops coming in, and this is our beloved bishop, Karen Olivetto, who is a married lesbian woman and was appointed as and consecrated as bishop in our jurisdiction. This is our first. We're, a, we're groundbreakers. Woohoo, woohoo. Um, Karen Olivetto, her witness, her love is boundless. Um, but her, her particular task, as you can imagine, is very hard right now as she is uh, very much a flashpoint of anger. And I'm going to personally ask you to pray for her in your prayers, for her strength and endurance, because as strong as she is, nobody... I like to think I'm strong too, and I wept in the narthex on the way in. So we only... We must, you know, we must have strength for, of, and share from the strength of others. This is Jan Nelson, our delegate, reading a prayer at the opening service. And this is Bishop Kenneth Carter, who is the, present, the president of the Council of Bishops and a, a Southern conservative theologian. And he participated in two and a half years of talking about what does it really take to be one church? How can we really be one church? How can we get past this rancor about LGBT inclusion to recognize our siblings are looking at us, holding our hands, loving with us, and praying with us every day already? Um, and he made a direct pitch to the conservative members of the delegation giving his testimony for his own journey over those last two and a half years to have come to support inclusion in the church. Unfortunately, inclusion isn't what happened. And this was the first moment that we all sobered up pretty fast. So there was like 25 different petitions before the delegation. One of them was the one church plan, the plan that would combine all of us uh, into one, keep us in one denomination and respect each other's context for what we were trying to do. When the body prioritized what we wanted to talk about, the very thing, first thing that popped up was the Westpath pensions, the money. Who's going to get the money in the split? That was the very first thing they decided they wanted to talk about. The second thing they wanted to talk about was their traditional plan, a plan that increased penalties for LGBT people and for conferences who supported them and sought to drive out uh, people who wanted inclusion. So their, their goal, they, they can't make this law, but what they can do is so dispirit us and divide us that people who want this leave and that's the danger right now, is that people will say, oh my gosh, I can't be part of that and leave, but we actually need you here because this ship has sailed. The most they can hope to do is sink it. Don't let them sink the ship. We're already sailing. We are already sailing. Next was the disaffiliation Taylor. Next was disaffiliation Boyette. Two petitions that are about money, 
and how much of a percentage a church body has to vote in order to leave. So right now, if you wanted to leave the denomination, you'd need a two-thirds vote of the congregation, members of the church. Under these, it would change to 50%, 51%, a simple majority. And we see these games in our Congress, right? Where they actually want to circumvent the will of folks, and so they try to make it super easy to uh, do what they want, right? <clears throat> There's a reason it takes two-thirds vote. Right? Congregations are important in congregational life. It's so unifying, right? So those two things got privileged above the one church plan. So you can see that a majority, 55% of people who came to general conference did not come with the goodwill of seeking unity, but came with the intention to divide, and as I said, take the money and run. Take the money and run, which is, is that, that's just not Christian. I'm really, really, <clears throat> it was, it was a dispiriting moment, uh, as you can imagine. And here's further proof of that dispiriting moment. This is Carol Scott from New York Conference on her knees, and she prays, I call on the power of my God to give me strength to get through these days, to be a source of love and strength to my LGBTQI family. There were so many folks who stood up as delegates on the floor to speak to inclusion and love. So many, so many from all over. She's from Great Plains Conference. This gentleman is from um, Illinois Conference. He was among my favorites. He's kind of a, a nerdy professor type, which uh, I'm never like that at all, bumping things and knocking things over. Um, he uh, bumped and knocked over his microphone at one point, um, and I loved him for it. <laughs> uh, and he, uh, he spoke over and over again, and he would bring up points of order, trying to slow the process, trying to get us to take a breath and think about what it was we were proposing to do. And the witness continued in the stands. It just continued, people surrounding each other with love. The delegates, there was an, a real effort that first day to bring the delegates together, to be the people of unity and goodwill that we dreamed of being and wanted to be at this conference. And this is where we, we see the dancing break out in the, among the delegates, uh, people encouraging each other to come and dance together. The music, uh, it was, they were, you know, none of them are professional dancers and that sort of showed, but it didn't matter, right? Because we were doing it together and in love together. And in the hallways, we had reconciling people um, offering great joy for all who wanted to listen. So you can see how marvelous it was to be surrounded in prayer and surrounded in song and surrounded in rainbow flags, <coughs> as they called us, not only to joy and to unity, but also to conscience. As we left, uh, this is much harder to hear, and I don't know if I included the, the, I don't think I included the video because it's so hard to hear, but this was a song, oh, it's a little bit later, um, 
the first uh, Korean in American in uh, inclusion church uh, has been founded. So there's so many good things going on. And this is the song, What Does the Lord Require of You? There's so much noise, it's hard to hear, but I'm going to play it anyway because it was haunting. It was a haunting call to conscience that floated over everyone as they left the stadium that day. why that doesn't come through better at the time it was like it was only music in that lobby area echoing it was beautiful like being transported to the place we want to be and a call to conscience so beautiful what does the lord require of you in our very hymnody we speak this truth a reminder from our LGBT siblings of all the firsts that United Methodism has experienced, the first women who were ordained. Um, the, we, we have so many firsts, so many ways that we begin with simply sort of white males of property. And we grow an inclusive church, one sort of group at a time, recognizing how valuable and important each of us are to the body. And this again was on the delegate, the floor of the, dele the delegation where many, many people wanted and had come for the dream of an inclusion, inclusive church, exhorting their fellow delegates to vote for inclusion. And a highlight of the day of legislation was J.J. Warren from New York Conference, a young adult who uh, is, uh, I'm not sure if he's fully a candidate yet, but on the track to choose ordained ministry, an out gay man who spoke his heart in testimony, dreaming of the unity church, dreaming of the church where he could live into the gifts he was called to offer and the fruit that he already see, saw in his own ministry on campuses, how people wanted to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And if we shut this down, they weren't going to hear it. His passionate speech was a highlight of the conference. And again, the witness as people are leaving. Now this was marvelous, this, that day on the legislative floor where the traditional plan was voted forward and the one church plan was voted down, voted down. The bishops sent out a little email and said, meet us at eight o'clock at the Hyatt. And hundreds of us showed up and we squished in turns into this tiny little room. You can see poor, uh, that's our bishop here in the corner trying to finish her dinner in the midst of all these things. And we, and we prayed for each other. All our bishops were in the room. All of our bishops raised prayers for us and let us know that this was not the end of the story, that we were not going to suddenly become an exclusive church, that we were not also not going to leave, Right? because we're not gonna reward this take the money and run behavior at all. We are here, right? Our light shines. 
This is our church. Now, that said, if a split becomes required at a different time, our jurisdiction is always going to side with love. Amen? Always. 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 But this was a, another highlight as we prayed for each other, as I lifted up a prayer for uh, Karen Olivetto um, and spoke the words of claiming that she belonged to us and we belonged to her and we would not be forced to be separated. So the PNW, our Pacific Northwest Conference, did some heavy lifting to get the one church plan brought back to the floor on the last day of plenary when all the final votes would be taken. They submitted what is called a minority report. Uh, they put together with all the signatures and they got it on the table in time to submit it to the conference. And because the powers that be in the conference wanted unity, that came forward first. Um, for us to vote on. And it was introduced by this gentleman, Reverend Tom Berlin from Virginia, right? Sometimes we think about these southern uh, places as places of intolerance, but I want to tell you many, many people from the south spoke in favor passionately of inclusion. So it's, it's a bigger problem and more complex than some of us realize in terms of geography. Reverend Berlin gave an impassioned speech for accepting and moving the one church plan back onto the floor and to, to do what we needed to do with it in order to pass it so that we could declare ourselves one church and inclusive. Among the speeches were the young people of the uh, denomination who had the night before sent out a letter, please sign, please sign this letter. 15,000 young people signed that letter within 16 hours to present that letter on the floor of the delegation saying that this ship has already sailed. Us young people want an inclusive church. That's what we want. Don't wall us out. Um, a prayer was called for, and you can see the drawing the bishops down from the dais. They're actually not allowed by rule, <laughs> onto the delegation floor. So they're sort of crammed up there and everybody pushed up. But there was a prayer that was called, again, an opportunity to call to conscience, right? We have to do the right thing as a denomination, please. And then the vote was taken and the one church plan failed by 53%. Spontaneous protests on the floor of the delegation as people circled up and mourned and cried out that this was not the way. This is not Jesus' way. This is not God's way. And then the speeches, the traditional plan was uh, what was going to be passed and before that vote was taken, a number of people took an opportunity to stand and be prophets in the, day, in the way of Ezekiel and Elijah to speak the truth that the way that they were going was the wrong way. And this is Jeffrey Kwan, who was the dean of D uh, Drew Theological School when I was there, currently dean at Claremont Theological Seminary. And our Methodist seminaries have come out vocally saying, this is the wrong direction. We will stand by 
our LGBTQIA students, all our students. We are siblings in Jesus Christ, and we will continue to offer great theological teaching to all who are called. The Donna Pritchard of the um, Western Jurisdiction, uh, she leads the, she's the leader of the Western Jurisdiction leadership team, and she also spoke to this, we are not, and that basically you saw that video, we are not going anywhere, and we are going to continue to be the inclusive church in Jesus Christ. And the traditional plan passed anyway by 30, by 53%. Again, there are protests. This is out in the lobby. People tried to get passed into the room where the delegates were. This is Reverend Elizabeth uh, McVickers, and this is a picture by Paul Jeffrey. Paul Jeffrey is in the thick of everything as usual. And the police were called, and Bishop Hoshibata came out, one of the delegates, LGBT delegates came out to speak to people on the floor. And there was so much prayer and so much singing the takeaway here is the community is so loving and caring. I'm not sure what people of anger go home to, but people of joy and love, we did this. This is a famous Mark Miller tune, and there's Mark Miller, he's gonna come right around the corner. There he is in the corner there. He's going to conduct us here because he can't help himself. also shared communion together. There was supposed to be a worship service following uh, what happened at General Conference. Mark Miller was supposed to be leading the worship service in the floor, and instead he was with us. And I was there as an ally. I'm hetero, and I'm not LGBTQIA, and I wouldn't want to put myself at the center of that. But as an ally, I stand firm in love. And uh, I stood in witness to this, that I could give my testimony to you. So, it's so much emotionally, right? The takeaway is that they cannot drive out love. That 53% cannot drive out love and did not, right? because the witness of love at General Conference was enormous. As a people of Christ and a people of mission over the last few weeks, we've been talking about what does it mean to be in mission for Jesus Christ, right? We've talked about this idea that at our baptism, we are given power 
power to live into what Jesus is doing in this world, what God has chosen for this world and God's people. We talked about how we go out and can expect miracles and that those miracles would be used for the well-being of God's people. We talked about how we, when we get brave enough, we can actually stand up and speak our truth as Christians in Christ fully aware of our love within us, powered by Jesus Christ and expecting the miracles that follow. And we can also expect this, that there will be those who will not listen, that there will be those who dig in to hateful ways, who refuse to change, and that we stand strong through that because we are building a movement We are calling in allies and disciples. Worship with us. Be with us. Lift love up together with us. And we live out through our hands and our hearts and our feet, the ministries of the church, the ways that we love each other and declare our love for each other and are an inclusive church. And the next slide is supposed to be about momentum. Do you feel it though? We, you know, when we had to stop, we we're all like, no, wait, wait, we're going, right? We are going. We are already going. This has the opportunity to galvanize us in a way we haven't been galvanized for 30 years. Amen? Whose church is this? It's our church. It's Christ's church. Amen? Amen? So let us go into the world and let us be a people of love and a people of ministry. Amen? Amen.